Amen, amen. Good morning, everybody. Please give somebody a high five before you're seated. Welcome them to church. We're so happy you're here, every one of you. And uh, thank you, Pastor Trey, for your kind introduction and those uh, nice words. And that's sometimes nicer than my wife talks to me. <laughs> We've been married 43 years. And uh, yeah, that's worth clapping over these days, right? I, I remember one time, it's been some years ago, I said, how many of you have been married like 30 years or more? And several people raised their hand, and I knew some of those people. And I'm like, no, I mean to the same person. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> it's different when it's to the same person. Yeah, you get more credit, right, for that. And... Uh, Thank you for letting us come to Austin, Texas. What Pastor Trey never mentioned was that, truthfully, he went to Texas A&M. Well, I'm not sure if I feel welcome or not here today. <laughs> you, know, you know, so we've been at College Station 35 years. We moved to town, started a church, so I've never been an Aggie as far as going to school, but I guess by proxy I am. But if you'll let me, you'll lay all your barriers down between. I mean, we still sing the fight song of Saul Varsity's horns off, and we haven't played the Longhorns in forever. I'm like, it's fun, isn't it? But I love college, but I love people, and I love what God is doing through you right here at the Exchange Church, and it's just our honor to be here. Uh, Janet and I have two grown sons. Both are married. Both of them have four children each. So we have eight grandchildren. Our oldest is 15, a girl, and our youngest is six months, and he's a boy. So we have four each, four girls and four boys. Our life is full. And we have great friends, and your pastors are among those, and it's just an honor to be here today, and I, I'd like to just share my heart and talk and teach a little bit. I've learned some things through my journey that I think could be helpful to people, and I just want to share that, right? When you learn some things that work or how to see things clearly and right, it's just important that we tell that, and so our honor goes to your pastors and their family and their children and their journey here for the last 12 years, and to each of you who have been along this journey together excited about last week's offering we did our legacy offering last Sunday and I'm telling you it's a it's a pivotal time in our church because there's things happening outside of just you being obedient but when you are obedient and you know you've responded as God has asked you to then something supernatural ignites there's something special that happens when we're obedient. I mean, I've been a parent, grandparent a long time, and when our children would respond and obey, you know, as a parent, we, we give them, say, hey, why don't you do this, and they do that, or you make a suggestion, they obey. We love that as parents. It's honoring, right, to like, wow, I didn't have to say three, two, one. I didn't have to count, right? I just, they responded, and I wonder how much our Heavenly Father responds when he asks something of us and we obey him. And I just think that's so beautiful. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. Are you ready to receive today? All right. 
I, I just love, thank you guys, thank you for your playing today. I, I love what we get to do as a church. I love that we get to help people know Jesus. I love that we get to help people discover why we were born and why God put us on this planet. I love that we, we get to raise up the next generation. We have these eight grandchildren now that we are invested in among hundreds of children in our church that we believe in. And we get to do that. And I just love the attitude that says we get to do this. We, we don't have to do it. We get to do it. We get to make a difference. And in so doing, we make a life. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about make a difference, make a life. When I first began studying and thinking along these lines, I thought, I don't want to make my life. I want to build this life so I can make a difference. And logic was right. I think that sounds right, but I really, after studying and preparing and meditating on this, before I began to deliver this to our church I realized that it, it's not that way at all. It's not me building a life so I can make a difference. It's really using my life as it is to make a difference. And when I start making a difference with my, with my life, I make a life. All of a sudden, things begin to really value and become valued and and significance and fulfillment even though I hadn't built the perfect life yet I was using the life I had so I want to talk about that today I believe that the church does not exist for us but we're the church and we exist to make a difference in the world now, the first time I wrote that and I heard that and I read that it was a little startling for me but I, I think it's worth repeating the church does not exist for us. God's called us to be the church, and we exist to make a difference in the world and to help accelerate the vision of our church. Last week, we received an annual legacy offering. Now, to accelerate the vision is important. It simply means we get to fulfill the vision God has given us at the speed of our church's generosity. Let me say it this way. We will always have more vision than we have resources to accomplish. So the vision of our church is fulfilled at the speed of our generosity together. This is where we're going, and we'll get there as fast as we're all able to give and support and serve and buy in and join and use our gifts as we lean in. That vision gets accomplished quicker and faster. And I want to encourage you in this giving season that you've been in between last week's offering and through the end of the year, that we look forward to what God wants to do through our church, but even more importantly, what God wants to do through you. One of the things I've learned that's so important is that God never does anything without working through people. He has chosen to partner with people. He's going to use somebody, and Janet and I decided, well, why don't we get, on, get in on that? If God's going to work through someone, what can he trust me with? What talent, what time, what treasure can he give me and trust me with that I can watch God honor 
my life because I'm honoring him and work through me. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what we're really all about. In fact, I want to remind you that our whole life here on earth is about making a difference. It's what God wants to do through you. And most importantly, the ultimate purpose for us making a difference is heaven and eternity. Heaven and eternity. Everybody say heaven with me. I hope you're going to heaven. I hope everybody you know is going to heaven. I remember at 18 years old, I'd felt called in ministry, and I'd already stepped into that as a young man, even in high school, and had even preached some meetings in different places. It was really kind of strange as a young guy, 17 years old. But I remember at 18, sitting in the office of a of a leader of the denomination I grew up in, and I was weeping in my passion for unsaved people, I looked at him and I said, how could anyone believe or feel that they would want anybody not to go to heaven? We want everybody to go to heaven, right? I mean, eternity is long, and so my whole life has been built around the passion of what can I do to help people get to heaven? So that's why Paul writes to Timothy telling him what to teach the church. So if you have a Bible, I want you to follow along in 1 Timothy 6. The Bible says here that Paul commands those who are rich in this present world. Now, Paul is talking about those who have more than they need. The word rich gets our attention there, and sometimes we think it disqualifies us. But he's really talking to all of us. Now, I know some of us in this room can say it. I've said this before at times in my life. Uh, what do you mean, command those who are rich? He's not talking to me because... I don't feel rich. Well, you know the reason most of us don't feel rich is because you live in America. Let me help you with, did you hear that? You, you live in America. I've had the joy of traveling around the world. Let, let me give you some perspective on rich, okay, what rich is. If you make $41,000 a year or more, you're in the top 3% of those who earn a wage on the planet. And if you make $80,000 a year or more, you are mega wealthy. You're in the top one-tenth of 1% 1 of people who earn wage on this planet. In fact, half the earth, half the population of the earth, 3 billion people in our world live on less than $2 every single day. So God has given us more than we need. Can you say yes to that? So you got to have some perspective on this verse. We are incredibly blessed and incredibly rich. So Paul says, command those who are rich in this present world. So there's another world out there, right? There's another world. He says, tell those who are rich, don't just be rich in this present world, but tell them not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. Everybody say command. So it's not like a suggestion or an idea. This is Jesus talking through the writer Paul, teaching Timothy to tell the church. We're the church, right? He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, in this generosity and this goodness, 
and this willing to share, they will lay up treasures for themselves. Everybody say lay up. I'm going to explain that to you. So, we're not only to be a good deed doer on earth, but you can actually lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation, the scripture says, not just in this world, but you can lay up also for the coming age, Paul said. In other words, you lay up treasure in eternity, in heaven. And then he finishes his verse and he says, and that's how you take hold of the life that is truly life. You want to make a life? Start making a difference. Make a difference? Make a life. Want to find the real life? Live a life under the the leadership and the guidance of Holy Spirit and let God show you how to be full by letting him work through you and laying up treasures for heaven. Can I get a yes from somebody? So the ultimate purpose and the main motivation for making a difference is heaven. It's eternity. Now, why is that? Well, it's really simple for me because we're not going to spend the majority of our life on this side. We're going to spend the vast majority of our life where? In eternity. So heaven and eternity is our main focus. And that explains why what we do matters. It not only matters here, but it also matters in the world we're headed toward. And that is to come. Let me say it to you this way. There is more to life than this life. I'll say that again. There is more to life than this life. Yet we have a generation today that thinks we're only going to live once, right? And that kind of thinking can be very dangerous because if you truly believe you're only going to live once and you die and that's it, you'll do a lot of crazy things and maybe even excuse a lot of reckless behavior when you need to live with the reality that you actually live twice. Now, I'm here to remind you of that. And in fact, it's my job. It's, it's Pastor Trey's job. Yes, we're here to help you with your marriage and to help you with your life. But our job really is to help prepare you for a life in heaven more than here. So when it comes to compassion and generosity and good deeds, Jesus uses these things say, to, to remind us. He says, man is destined to die once and after that face judgment. Now, this is not a judgment message. This is an encouragement message today, okay? So everybody smile, unbuckle your seatbelt. It's going to be okay. All right? Now, 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 most people don't know this, but we will actually face two judgments. The first judgment is called the great, the great white throne judgment where we all will stand before God and he's going to ask every one of you the question, what did you do with my son Jesus? He paid the, the price for all sin. He freely gives you forgiveness. He gave you grace. He showed you his ultimate love regardless of what you've done. Salvation is a free gift. So he's going to say, what did you do with Jesus? And you're going to want to say that I received him as Lord of my life and I gave him my life in return. 
In fact, you don't have to be perfect for that to be the correct answer because none of us are perfect. It's because of Jesus and his death on the cross. We sang about it today, about his blood, that we're made new and we're made perfect before God. And I think we ought to all stop and say, thank you, Jesus, for that. It's because of you that I'm here in the first place and that I get to go to heaven. And God's going to say, come on in, welcome to eternal life. That's the first judgment. But then there's a second judgment. And most people don't know about this. They didn't know it's going to happen. So that's why I'm here to talk about it. Now, this judgment won't determine whether you go to heaven or hell. But it will determine what heaven is like for you. Jesus talked about this a lot and as much as anyone. And Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians 5. I read verse 10. He said, for we Christians must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body. Now, we know he's not talking about salvation because that's a free gift. Jesus paid for that. You can do nothing to earn it, deserve it, only receive it. Jesus did that. This is referring to what we do for Jesus after salvation. Let me say it this way. What did you do with your life once Jesus saved you? Salvation is free, but once you're saved, you have an assignment. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 16. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. The word reward here literally means he's going to pay you back. He's going to pay you back. He's going to pay you back according to the life that you have lived and what you've done for him to make a difference after you got saved. You're going to be rewarded for that. We're going to stand beside an apostle Paul who gave his life for the gospel. We're going to stand beside a Peter who was crucified upside down. We're going to stand beside the the founders of the church in the early days and all the believers ever since. We're going to stand beside those people, and it would not be God's intention to say, well, yes, you all get to come to heaven, but I'm going to reward those who laid down their lives for what they did to help make a difference and bring people into eternity. I'm going to reward them for that. So for every person who serves in a parking lot on a cold winter morning after a after a a what a, a not bingo after a poker game and cleans up <laughs> cleans up the parking lot our second campus used to be in the in a poker I mean in a bingo parking lot I get it I mean it was in a building not in the parking lot but after bingo night Sunday morning was after bingo night just like after poker night right okay But Jesus says, I'm going to reward every one of you. I'm going to pay you back for cleaning up that parking lot. For all those sitting in kids ministry right now, listening to and praying over your children and mine. He says, I'm going to pay you back for that. For the thousands who will live their lives literally around the world and give their lives for Jesus and the cause of Christ. Jesus says, I'm going to pay you back for that. For every meal you gave, every basket you prepared to give to a family, your mailman, every person you loved on in Jesus' name, every prayer you prayed for somebody, every time you served at church, I'm going to pay you back for that. 
for every tithe you gave, every offering you gave, for every sacrifice you made financially and physically, God is going to reward you and pay you back. And Jesus said it plainly. He said, I'm coming and my rewards are with me. I'm bringing them according to the life you live. So the main motivation for everything we do, this is, the, this is the why behind all we do. We are called to make a difference. And this is the heartbeat of our legacy offering. So we can make a difference. So we can advance the mission and the vision of our church. So we can have a, it's like a B12 shot, if you will. It's like, it's like getting that, that fuel in your tank where God's, we're faithful, we're faithful year in and year out, but then year in and year out, but once a year. Our legacy offering has become one of the most uh, important seasons. We have five weeks that we take at our church and we teach on it and we love people and people prepare. And then our offering day is, it's exciting. And I'm telling you, when you, when God gets a hold of the spirit of you saying, I want to make a difference with my life. I want God to use me. And whether it's the widow's might bringing just a small amount, but it's all you have. It's the same sacrifice, whether it's $10 or a hundred or a thousand or 10, it doesn't matter. It's your sacrifice. And God says, I'm going to, pardon me, a microphone. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you back for that. Hmm. Then I'm getting excited. I'm preaching myself excited here this morning. God says, when you think about it all, you got to think about this moment when you're going to stand before God and he's going to ask you, I know what you did with Jesus, but what did you do with the life and the assignment that I gave you? What did you do with the talent that I gave you? I had some friends and they can pick up a piece of wood. They can go to a lumber yard, load up the back of a truck, come home and build a, a piece of furniture. And it looked like it came out of the furniture store. And I, I go to the lumber yard, I get a load of wood, and I come back and build a fire. <laughs> I can do that. But my, their talents, it's just they have an ability. What's your ability? We got a man in our church, that, that the Roses will know who I'm talking about because he's been with us for many, many, many years, he and his family. Michael Parks. And Mr. Mike is loved. Mr. Mike taught my children in kids' ministry. Now he's teaching my grandchildren in kids' ministry. And everybody wants to take Mr. Mike home with them. Can we he goes through the lobby, and he's got his bubble machine. It's a little gun, and it's a bubble. Y'all seen those before? Kids play. He's going through, and he's got his hat on, and he's just a tra he's like the Pied Piper. He's walking through, and he's got his little bubble machine, and kids are just following him. He teaches in the three-year-olds, and they just love him, and he's animated. You know what he taught that day because he dresses up. He's all in character. And I'm like, he, he, because he's got a talent. He works in government. He's one of our government officials in the Brazos County area. He is a, he's a dignitary. But I love him on Sunday morning. He gets it there with those three-year-old kids. And I mean, he just leads them to Jesus and tells them the stories of the Bible. That He has a talent. I, I, you put me in a room with three-year-olds, and I'm like, where's the duct tape? Yeah. I mean, it is not only just to put it here. Sometimes it's just put it all over and set them down so I could count them. Start counting eight, and I'm like, where did eight, where'd that one? I can't keep up. I only have eight, and I can't find them, and they're gone already. <laughs> How did you use your time 
and your talent and your money. And you're going to want to be able to say to Jesus, I did my best with what you gave me. I made an eternal difference to the best of my ability. And then it's inter interesting what Jesus says at the end of the Bible. It's like he gets to the, to the end in Revelation. He's got something else he wants to, you know, you've been telling a story. He's like, I got something else I got to say. Verse 22, the very last chap uh, book, chapter of the book of the Bible. He says, and, and behold, I'm coming quick and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. It's like at the end. Boy, it just, it just affects me to think that Jesus closing the book of the Bible, right? closing the whole thing. And he's like, I just want to tell you, hey, hey, whoa, one more thing. Let me remind you. I'm coming quick, and I got a reward, and I can't wait to give it to you. It's like our oldest son, Jared. He's 39 this week, our oldest son. And, and he has four children, a 15-year-old down to six and uh, Three girls and a boy, married, of course, and, and he's our worship leader, and he's a seven on the Enneagram. He's all that. He can sell ice to an Eskimo when it's snowing. It doesn't matter. He can do it. He's just got that. He's the party guy, going to have a good time. And what was he going to say about that? Um, uh, oh, Christmas time. He, he, he buys all the Christmas gifts. Sorry, I'm 62. Got that moment sometimes. It runs around the room. The thought comes back. Stay with me. It'll come back again, okay? Y'all with me? Okay, you get over 50, you'll, you're like, mm, that's what he was talking about. It'll come back. It came back. Better tell it now. It won't come back again. Christmas gifts. He can't wait till Christmas. He's like, hey, can I give you all a gift now? It's worse than the kids say, can I open one? He's like, can I give you one? I'm like, wait till Christmas. He's so excited. It's like Jesus, though. He's like, I'm coming back, and I just want to tell Boy, I'm sorry. I keep clapping in this mic. I, I, he says, well, I'm coming back, and I just want to tell you, my reward's with me. I'm bringing a gift to you. And I can't wait for you to open it. That's what I feel when I read what Jesus is saying. And it would only be right for me to tell you that you're going to have that moment before God. And he's going to ask you about how you lived. And what you did with what he gave you. If I do that with my kids when they were growing I do it with my grandkids. You know something? Here's some money. Go in the store. You teach them, right? I have a six-year-old grandson, seven-year-old grandson, and nine-year-old grandson, I'm not going to give them a $20 bill. Now, I might give them $5 and say, go in the store, come back, and then evaluate how they used it. And if I see they're mature enough to handle it, doesn't matter if they're six, seven, or nine, the one whose maturity level handles it right, guess what? I trust him more next time. Hey, I'm going to give you 10 this time. Why would God be any different? Well, it got really quiet in church today. All... You're going to have this moment where God's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And it's my job to prepare you and Pastor Trey's job to get you ready for that moment. Because we want to walk up there and say, Jesus, man, thank you for giving me salvation. Now let me tell you what we did with the time we had. And, and here we go, our story. And he's not going to be looking for excuses. He's going to be looking for, what'd you do? Look at all. Jesus, these people, I had, I had something involved. These people, I had something to do with these people. You know what? I never met those boys at the Haiti orphan, orphanage that we support. I have. Some of our church people, never, they're not, they don't all get to go. But they've never been there. But they so So I fed them. I put one through college. I helped. All right. Now, there he is right there. There he is. 
You get to go enjoy. Here's your reward. He's here. And look at all the people he brought with him because you took care of him. Are you with me here today? It's going to be a wonderful day. It's going to be a wonderful day, hopefully, for most of us. And I know some people, they're of the opinion, they're like, they're like, as they enter into heaven and the gates are closed, they're like, wow, man, I'm just glad, whoo, just glad I got in. Some people, maybe that's the way you're going to feel. <laughs> if that's the case, you might be back over there in the crowd somewhere because God's going to be rewarding those up here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm glad to go to heaven, but I don't just want to go to heaven. I want to make a difference for heaven, and in so doing, I'm making a life while I'm here, which is what Jesus was saying. I came that you may have life and life to the full here, and when you're living life to the full here, you're making a difference for there so that in eternity, you have rewards waiting on you when you get there. I'm not done yet. Can I, can I talk a few more minutes? So here's a couple things I need us to remember. Okay, some thoughts to live by. Number one, we're just passing through. We're not permanent residents here on earth. I love living on earth. I love my life. My wife's fought cancer for 25 years. She's a living miracle. Um, we can talk about that, but the short story is stage four metastatic breast cancer at age 37 May was 25 years ago. She's not supposed to be alive. The last 12 years, nonstop chemotherapy, one after another, literally nonstop. It, one stops working, start another. Miracle after miracle, cancer's still there, miracle after miracle. I, I, I can't go through the whole story. We've learned to live with it and trust God, and we just honor God. And she, but, but life is precious. We love life. We live life to the full. We got our grant. Live life to the full. But remember, this is not all there is. We're just passing through. It's important. So, so when we make our decisions, when we choose our priorities, when we decide what really matters, remember you're just passing through. Paul wrote this to the Philippians. He said, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, and their destiny is their destruction. Why? What's he saying? He says, because their God is their stomach. Some strange verses. Let me explain them to you. In other words, you're only living for now to satisfy your current pleasures, and you're not living for eternity. Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. His name is Jesus. So if you get too stuck here, you, you get your focus here, you're going to miss out. you got to remind yourself, we're just passing through. Here's another thing to live by. My time on earth is short. My dad, October the 5th, 85 years of age, went to heaven. Fantastic dad. I have three younger brothers. All my brothers are pastors. My dad was a, minister, a pastor for many years. Good man. Great man. Great father great business guy 85 years was still too short for him he wanted more time i'm not there 62 i'm like wow time is going fast what was i thinking about i'll let it run around the room it'll come back again right here's what james says the, he's the half brother of jesus he wrote the book of james he said life is like a vapor it's a mist it's 
it's gone. It vanishes. If you think you have a lot of time, you'll waste it. Anything you think you have more of, you tend to, tend to squander it. That's why young people need to realize your life matters now. At 12, God can use you. At 15, God can use you. At 20, God can use you. Time is short. How can I make the most of my time? Ephesians 5 says, be very careful then how you live, not as wise, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. That's what Janet and I have been doing. And here's my third thing. Here's another very important thing to remember about eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. In other words, every dollar you invested and all the time you gave serving in his church and helping other people to every mission endeavor you supported, all of it, Paul says, the fire will show if a person's work has any value. So we don't get credit for just doing it. The next verse says the work has to survive. We don't talk about these verses very often because they're a little bit confusing. In other words, what he's trying to tell us now, I want to explain it, is the work you're doing has to show up in eternity. That's where it survives, if it's eternal. So you can't just be a nice person. It's great to be a nice person, but you need, you need to be nice in Jesus' name. In other words, you don't just feed people. You feed them, and you give them Jesus. It's got to show up in eternity. So you can't just be a nice person, but you got to be generous. But you can be generous to a lot of causes, but if the end result doesn't connect the person with God's purpose in them, and if it doesn't prepare them for the second judgment in eternity, you lose. Let me say it this way. If you feed the whole world and they go to hell, you lose. The work has to survive. That's what Paul's talking about. The work needs to survive. You need to make sure you're laying up treasure in heaven. That's what he's talking about when these verses are given in Scripture. And Paul goes on to say, that builder whose work survives will receive a reward. There's only one thing that really matters, and that's eternity. So let me wrap up with three practical ways you can live here on earth. Go through life looking up, not looking around. Everybody say look up. You know, it's easy to get enamored with your life. It's easy to get enamored with our job, our house, our stuff, our money. But I'm just here to tell you, don't, don't do that. Whatever you have, thank God for it. Whatever you've been blessed with, thank God for it. But remember, it's all going to burn up. It's all going to get old. It's not going to last forever. Enjoy it. Absolutely. If God's blessed you. Listen, you live... Let me say that differently. I think sometimes we think when the train comes in, when the ship comes in, I'll be blessed and I'll live here and it'll be great. You need to start just being happy where you are, right? You got to start being, because if you can't be content and happy where you are, you'll never be happy. Where is the destination and the threshold you cross over? Oh, and now I'm happy. It doesn't work that way. So keep, so we get messed up on that. But you need to go through life looking up. For, for the person who's been discouraged, listen, Janet and I have just learned to look up. 
I mean, there's days I'm like, God, I don't know. Look, so this chemo she's on now, she's been on three months, put her in the ER twice, CCU once. And I, be, I told Pastor Trey a couple times she's been real delirious. She, she couldn't, her cognitive function was all messed up. And, you know, I was shook up. I got her in the ambulance and got her in the car one time. It's just been a mess. And so, but I had just talking to the roses last night at dinner. I said, yeah, she was she was home with the lights running on. You know, I've learned to prepare for it now. Right after chemo, there's a few hours that she just kind of checks out. I said, and I went and got her a tattoo. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really, but I'm just saying. What's your attitude about life? You know, you can be all down. Are you with me today? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You look up. Look up. Because this is, you know, I might take her and get a tattoo. That might be a pretty good idea. Say, so, hey, look what happened when you were out. <laughs> hey, after 43 years, you, you know, you just never know what might happen. But to that <laughs> For that discouraged person, I'm just telling you, if life has been tough, look up. Because some glad morning, when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. So don't fall in love with earth. Keep looking to heaven. All right? Here's the second thing, is give up something now for something you want later. You, you want healthy relationships? You got to give up some time. You want money in the bank? You want to be out of debt? got to stop spending got to save some money well I don't have any money to save oh yeah you do my dad told me that as a young man I said a truck this friend of mine sold his truck and I was like man I'd love to have that truck and I told dad I said dad that was an awesome truck I'd love to have that truck he said if you'd have saved your money it could have been yours and he walked off thanks dad save your money so you you want to have you want to have six pack abs? You can't you can't eat that vanilla pie cake thing we had last night at wherever that was we were at that restaurant. You can't eat oh abs pie abs mm. oh it was blessing pie. There you go. Thank you Jesus. Call it whatever. We did share it. That's right. So half a ab. So it don't work that way. How many of you know if you want, if you want something later, you've got to give up something now? All of us should say, I have all this stuff. I'm rich. I don't feel rich. Yeah, yeah, you're rich. You know, a lot of us have houses for our cars. We call them garages. We don't think about it. But only, I didn't write this number down, see if I remember it correctly. It's, there's only like 5% of the world's population who even own an automobile. And some of us have houses for our automobiles, and we drive them in. Think about it. We're rich. So we have to say, I'm you know, it's going to come a time I'm going to stand before God. and he, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He said, don't just store up treasures on earth where moths will eat and rust will destroy, and thieves will break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where none of that will happen. No moth, no rust, no thieves. Put it in heaven. I'm going to say something kind of strange. It's kind of strong to land on tonight, today. But some of you come to church and you wonder why you don't love God as much as 
some of the piece, people on your row and why you don't have as much passion as the person across the room. Let me tell you why. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. It's not a mean thing. It's, it's some people have a, where their treasure is. So where your love is and where your passion is and where your hope is and where your worship is, that's what you treasure most. And it'll get up inside of you and it'll, it'll change you. And it'll affect how you worship. And it'll affect how you see things. Where your treasure is, your heart follows that. So align your treasure. Make sure your treasure is in the right place. When you treasure his presence and when you treasure his house. And when you treasure what matters most to him. It changes you. And it changes how you worship. I'm sitting here on the front row today and I don't know all of you wonderful, beautiful faces. And I don't know who has a walk with God and who doesn't. I don't know where we are on our journey with God. But I'm here and I'm like, Jesus, you love every person in this room. And you know every single life that is under this roof right now. And whatever you want to do in them, use me to speak to them. Use me to touch them. Let my attitude, my voice, my body language, my worship, let something in me be effective that will cause them to say, wow, this might be real. When that kind of treasure gets in you, your heart is there, you see things completely different. It's not like, well, the Longhorns are playing. we got to get out of here. They already played, baby. It's over with. They play on Saturday. You might be a Dallas Cowboy fan. Somebody told me that's a football team. I don't know, but anyway, I'm just having some fun, making sure you're still here. But you hear what I'm saying? That's what they got DVR for. Isn't it more important if somebody makes a decision to say, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven today. Can I pray with you? Jesus said, I'm going to pay you back. When I come, I'm going to pay you back. Here's my last thought on how I should live my life. If, if eternity is what really matters, here's my last thought. Intentionally, intentionally make a difference. It won't happen accidentally. So you have to make a plan. Last year, Christmas time, I put money in my pocket almost every day that it went out. I put some extra money. It wasn't just like 10 bucks. It was, it was $100 bills. I set aside. Janet and I said, because I'm going prepared today, every day. And I went into a grocery store. I never go in. <laughs> Not, I, was, I accidentally ended up there. I'm on our aisle, and I saw a person didn't have a shopping cart they had a small basket on their arm and I could tell just you know that you know when you I pass that person with my cart I'm like that's the person and I 
And then you go down the aisle and you don't want to, you know, I'm a man and this is a woman and I'm going down the aisle and I'm, I'm trying to look back. You don't want them to think like they're stalking you or anything. So I'm going down the aisle and I'm silent. And, I'm, <laughs> and then because I'm a pastor in town and people know who you are, that I got stopped by two different people and I'm trying that. She left the aisle and then I'm like, where did she go? And I can't find her. And then I'm like, oh, I've got, these people distracted me. And then I, but I finally found her and I went over and she had a little list. She was marking things and I could tell that she had a small list and a little bit of money to try to fit. My summation was, this is what I can afford to get, so I'm, I'm doing what I can. And with tears in my eyes, I said, Merry Christmas. Didn't, that's all I needed to say because I was prepared to make a difference, right? And put the money in her basket and just walked off and patted her on the shoulder. I'm not telling you that for any other reason except you've got you to gotta be intentional if you're going to make a difference. Am I helping you? You got to think that way. Like, I'm pumping gas. I, man, they might need some gas, and I could give an extra tip. Can I put 10 bucks in your car today? I know that'll only get you from here to the end of the street. <laughs> but, but do you understand my point? You got to have a plan. So you, you make a plan for your giving to the house of God. Don't, don't give sporadically or sparingly just show up oh, no no you're missing all you're missing the beauty of all of it make a plan for your giving make a plan for your serving sign up today i'm on the count me in make a plan for bringing somebody with you to church there's nothing that sets your soul on fire more than sitting beside somebody you brought to church and watching them accept jesus nothing remember where your treasure is your heart will be also. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I just pray that you would help us to make a difference and in so doing, make a life. Thank you for this life you have given me. Thank you for this life you have given us. Thank you for the goodness of the Lord that shines upon us. We thank you for your favor. Lord, I just pray that you would use us. Everyone in this room has a gift. Many of us have more than one gift. Lord, how do you want to use it? We, we hold it up to you. We lift our lives up to you to make a difference. Now, Father, if there's a person here that needs to rededicate their life to you or doesn't know you today, I want to invite them to pray this prayer with me. And if that's you, heads bowed across the room or wherever you're watching from today, if you don't know Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're already saved today would you join me let's pray this all together just let me lead you in a prayer repeat this after me say dear jesus forgive me of my sin take away my past i surrender my life and future to you thank you for saving me thank you for saving me and i ask you to be my lord and leader and from this day forward i'll do my best to honor you and serve you in Jesus' name, Jesus name. Amen. amen and amen. amen. Do you receive the word today? God bless you. It's been a joy to be here. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. If you just said yes to Jesus, please text NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 512-980-1220. Uh, we're so excited for the decision you made. We want to walk this journey with you. You may be seated. I just want to honor the weight of the word that went forward this morning. Uh, I could move on and dismiss you to go and eat, but my heart is stirred as Pastor was speaking 
I was challenged. I was like, Lord, what do you want from me? What is, what is the seed that you want from me? What can I do to make a difference? And I felt Holy Spirit say to me, Trey, uh, there's always more that you can do, but never underestimate the value of just being faithful with what you're already doing. Sometimes when we want to make a difference, we jump from project to project to project because the newness of a project gets us excited. But faithfulness is needed in this world. Faithfulness, just being steady and consistent and always available for that thing that God has entrusted to you. And he'll add on the next thing. We're always looking for the big secret, the secret from heaven. Lord, reveal the mystery. There are plenty of mysteries that he wants to reveal to you, but you can't let go of the thing that you currently have because he needs you to carry that ball. And you know, Larry, I was thinking about you during worship today and especially during the sermon, and I just feel like Holy Spirit is saying to you that he's establishing some roots in your life. I know what you've been through. I know your story. I know the pain that you carry, but there's a new season coming, Larry. And I'm just so grateful that you're here this morning and we're praying for you and I'm just believing for God to do um, everything in your heart that you've been asking him to do to bring that revelation, to bring that peace, and to bring that joy in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you're in the room and you're like me. You're like, Trey, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm feeling a bit disheartened, a bit weary in just being faithful with what God has currently called me to. I just want to pray for you. Is that all right? I just, I feel so moved by Pastor Danny's message. I just want to activate it a bit in our life this morning. So if you're here and you're like me, and you're like, I know that I've got a gift. I know that I'm making a difference, but I need Holy Spirit to stir it up. I need to, I need some motivation to stay faithful. If that's you, just wave at me. Just wave at me, okay? All over the room. Good. Can we just stand to our feet right now? If that was you, place your hand on your heart. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for the word that went forward. We just want to honor that, God. It's such a weighty word. It's such a life-changing word. We give you permission in the space to shake us up, Lord, for the difference that you've called us to make. Those of us who've grown weary, those of us who've grown stale, those of us who have grown tired. God, we ask that you would just give us fresh vision or maybe just shake off the vision that has set on the shelf. God, remind us of why we do what we do. God, it's not about this side of heaven, it's about eternity. It's about laying up treasures for eternity. So God, stir us up. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say amen. God is so good, amen. Pastor Danny and Janet, thank you again for being here. Can we celebrate and honor them? We love you guys so much. Awesome. Well, I bless your spirit to lead your soul and body to exit this church and be a light to the world. Now that you've been to church, go be the church. God bless you.